Today's episode of No Dunks is brought to you by Game Time. Okay, folks, time for a little pop quiz. Do you think NBA tickets are cheaper three weeks or three hours before the game? I've got the answer. You can find the answer with Game Time, the ticket buying app that proves patience is more than just a virtue. It can save you some serious cash. Save some cash. Buy yourself some water skiing lessons. <laughs> <laughs> Game Time is the leader in last minute tickets. Pick your deal, see the view from where you're sitting, and buy in two taps. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the Game Time app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. So download Game Time in the App Store or Google Play, work that clock to your advantage, and score some last minute tickets. Darning socks and needlepoint, is that what you think my scene is, Johnny O? Get real, babe. Good morning, Sweet World, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast. This is part four of our NBA season preview series on The Athletic. I'm J.E. Skeets, still up in Toronto, and alongside me, the man, nay, the legend, making the magic happen, J.D. How's it going, eh? There he is, eh? Down in Atlanta, we got the homie, Tass Mellis. Hello. The bearded one, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. And of course, the international man of mystery, taking it to the max, the Aussie Lee Ellis. Friends. Lee Lee. (laughs) Guys, got to help us get those numbers up. Got to help us get our followers up. Follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram, at No Dunks Inc. That's No Dunks, I-N-C. And you know we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash No Dunks Inc. Well, I guess it's official. We're now on Facebook. Email us at nodunks at theathletic.com. Really appreciate everyone that has already. We are, when we get closer to the start of the actual NBA season, we got plans to step on that beach to do a basically a mailbag-only podcast. So we're going to need your questions. Yeah, we're going to need them through email. We're going to need them on Twitter, hashtag nodunks, or again, tweet at nodunksinc. So get them in. You got questions about the season, I'm sure, anything, and, uh, and we'll tackle them. On those shows. But Let me interject very quickly. Sure. I want to do a live drop right here. High five, Trey Kirby. Tag your friend on Tag social media. Your friend. Tell them about the show. It's Let's do it one more time. There it is. That's an audio tag right there. <laughs> Good audio tag, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Who's it? Uh, I don't know. We, Both, sl- we slapped twice, so I think I passed it back to Tass. I'm not totally sure. <laughs> All right, well, tag a friend. That's exactly right. Tell your friend about the show, and there is going to be, I've said it a couple times now, there is going to be a lot of No Dunks content Monday through Friday when the season starts. We got that daily podcast, and then some other bonuses like Stepping on the Beach. We got a trivia show in the works, and, and, and many, many other things. So there's going to be a lot. So subscribe up, tell a friend. I love that. All right, continuing with the burning questions, though, here as part of our NBA season preview series. Part four, like I said, and our first question today, guys. We're going to get people upset right from the jump here. This one always angers people because if you talk about their team or their favorite players, you get in trouble, especially when you call them overrated. Yes, the question is most overrated team or player heading into this season. Who you got? Lee, let's go with you. Okay, I'll kick it off. Uh, I'm going to go with a team that had a very good offseason in the Brooklyn Nets. I think they're just a little high right now on people's radar because, look, they obviously had an improvement in their team by getting Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Kevin Durant won't be playing at all this season. But what the Nets were doing was building around a lot of sort of misfit guys, guys who had bounced around, had had been sort of shuffled from another team, and they got together and they were working well and they were certainly showing progress. D'Angelo Russell, who's now in the Warriors, was an all-star last season and was in line for most improved player. 
guys like Spencer Dinwiddie, who had been sort of around the season, around the league, a few different teams, was really finding a role and a home in that team. Now, he's still there, but they're losing some of their guys like Jared Dudley, who a very solid veteran, good locker room presence guy, Ed Davis, Damari Carroll, similar to sort of type of guys. And they've replaced them with guys... Kyrie Irving especially, he's, he's a fantastic player to watch. He's an all-star, he's an all-NBA player, he's a champ. But he does bring with him a certain level of baggage. And that is, the, that is where I'm a little bit concerned about this team because... Look, man, he just got back from a trip. It's one year of baggage. Kyrie, people were fired up about Kyrie Irving rejoining the Boston Celtics last year after his injury during the 2017-18 season. Clearly, 2019 didn't go as planned, but... Kyrie Irving was uh, in the MVP mix early in the season when he first came to the Celtics. I, I don't think that having one bad year necessarily means he's going to uh, jeopardize a team. Well, that's the thing. What will the Kyrie Irving be this season? Will he be the Kyrie of the Cleveland days? Where even remember when LeBron first joined, he didn't. They didn't have a great relationship. True. He wanted to get away from him. His first season in Boston, not too bad. The second one. It was a disaster because Kyrie was calling out the younger players, saying, you know, I'm a leader now, and he realised how tough it was to be a leader. In the playoffs, the Celtics, I mean, they, they got uh, the douchebag sweep from the Milwaukee Bucks after <laughs> yeah. Kyrie was fantastic in the first game, not so much after that. But, but they As, were a 49-win team. I know, I know. Listen, I'm just saying that the Nets last season made the playoffs. They, they, got, they, douchebag, they got douchebag swept by the Sixers, in fact. Um, I just liked what Sean Marks was building. He had to go and get Durant and Kyrie Irving because they're an upgrade in playing personnel. But will it necessarily mix is and this, gel on the court? Is this I'm season, not sure. though, for the Nets, is it, does it actually mean anything with no KD? Like, is this like a free pass season for, for the Nets? Or do you think, like, no-brainer, they still have to make the playoffs, maybe even improve because Kyrie is now in there, and then they still have young talent? In, you know, of course, Levert and Dinwiddie and, and you know, and Allen and stuff like that. Yeah, or, like, where do you fall on that? No, they, they have to make the playoffs. I don't think they can look at this season as like, well, we don't have Durant because they obviously added DeAndre Jordan as well, who, you know, a good solid veteran. They wanted him to come to the team. And those other players you mentioned, Levert last season had that pretty bad injury. Yeah. He's a fantastic player. Um and Spencer Dinwid again. I mean, he, he's a very good player. They've got some. They've got some good pieces. These guys want to win. It's just I wonder if last season, when you have so many guys who are kind of all working together, there didn't seem to be any ego clash. And they had one of the greatest bench celebration teams in the league last season. <laughs> now you bring in a guy who's coming off a season where he did clash with his yeah. teammates. So, you know, if Kyrie can sort of put his ego to the side and maybe last season was a big learning uh, season for him and he will realise he has to be more, more, you know, speak more with his actions rather than his words, then great, the, the Nets will be a very good team. I'm not sure. I'm just not sure that will be the case with him this season. But otherwise, I mean, this team should be looking at finishing certainly in, uh, you know, top six in the Eastern Conference anyway. Yeah, Lee, you're right. I I mean, the question, or I guess maybe the goal for this season should be Kyrie Irving should want to improve his reputation as a leader, continuing the chemistry that the Nets had already built prior to his arriving. Like you're saying, Skeets, it's probably a lost season. You know, this isn't the year that they're going to be expecting to challenge for the championship, but they want to have the pieces in place for next year to be ready to challenge for the championship. You don't want Kyrie Irving talking about how he's calling to apologize to LeBron. You want him talking about how he was FaceTiming with Kevin Durant, explaining here's how things are working. Here's what we're going to be when everybody's back at full strength. It's a big year for Kyrie as a leader, more so even than as an on-court player. Yeah, you have to to get from the Nets, not them without KD being like a 7th, 8th, ninth seed where they're just getting into the playoffs in the lowly east you need to you need, you would hope to see them as maybe a step behind still like the bucks 
or the Sixers, but then going, oh, wow, if they added Kevin Durant to this team, that's a team that could go to the finals in the East. I, I hear you on that. And, and I think that's, that is in play still. Um, but Lee's saying maybe a little overrated. Probably like you're saying, Lee, because you've added two stars, but just one of them's not going to play. And then one of them in Kyrie, he does, he's got some still question marks that surround him. Yeah. I just, you've got to but assume he's... like Anthony Davis, he's going to try and prove all the doubters wrong. And that, that was like sort of like a weird little blip um, that last year for, the, for their over um, career, actually. Yeah, but we also know uh, in Boston there were games where Kyrie won those games by himself, uh, particularly yeah. against mm-hmm. the Raptors, you might remember. He yeah. can get 45 points oh, in a game for sure. and carry a team. It's just there are times as well where he can lose a game in playing that same way. So uh, there were 42, excuse me, and 40 last year with no real superstar on their team with D'Angelo Russell and Spencer Dinwiddie leading their team. Add in Kyrie. How many wins do you think they end up? Because I, I feel like they're, they should be a top four seed. They, they really should. Uh, yeah, forty-five. I, I would think would probably maybe if, yeah maybe a handful more, maybe forty-seven. Um, okay. I just I think they are going to miss again. Guy I mentioned earlier, Damari Carroll and, and Jared Dudley. I think those guys kind of really uh, summed up what the Nets were. You know, battlers, hard workers, guys who just fought and scrapped and, and were really productive. I think they're going to miss those guys on the court and in the locker room. What do you guys got? I think the Miami Heat are uh, overrated at this point. The Jimmy Butler. Addition, sure, he's great, but Jimmy Butler as a number one guy, look back to those two years in Chicago where he was really leading them between 15 and, and 17. They're a 500 team, mm-hmm. and that's all they were with Jimmy Butler as the number one guy. You got to love that locker room. You got to love how they play or develop down there. But these are the guys that are starting around him. Dion Waiters, most likely Kelly Olynyk, Bam Adebayo, and Justice Winslow, who's probably the best of the bunch. To me, that's really a lot like the Chicago Bulls scenario a mm-hmm. couple of years ago. That team also liked to work their butt off. And, and so I, I, I see them as about a 500 team. Now, I love the idea of Jimmy Butler and a bunch of scrappy guys around him because I, I had the dream of the 2001 Philadelphia 76ers that went <laughs> to the finals with Allen Iverson shooting every single shot and guys like George Lynch and Eric Snow and Aaron McKee and Dikembe Mutombo and, and Tyrone Hill working around him. And that, I'd love to see that work with, with the Miami Heat, but it's just a different era, even though it's a weak Eastern Conference like it was back then. Uh, I think they need more talent around Jimmy Butler uh, to, to, be, to take it to that next level. Like People are trying to put them into the top four. Uh, I, I don't think they're there quite yet in the Eastern Conference. I, I think those, uh, those other two seeds besides the Bucks and Sixers who are going to be up there belong to another couple teams. I think the Nets are probably one of them. Uh, and everybody's jumping on this Jimmy So you think the, you think the quick. Nets will have a better record than the Heat yes. th- this yes, season? I do. Yeah, that's, I, I that's do. tough. I'm not, I'm not convinced. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be close, but okay. What about you, Trey? Please don't tell me that the Utah Jazz are dark horse title <laughs> contenders. I don't want to hear it. They might finish with the best record in the Western Conference. They might finish with the best record In the entire NBA, they're going to be a great defensive team. They've got a home court advantage. They've got a deep team. They made moves in the offseason, but I got bad news. If you're the best defensive team and that's what you hang your hat on, you're a good regular season team, and then it's problems in the playoffs. I don't think Mike Conley makes enough difference offensively to make the Jazz a real title contender. I don't think Donovan Mitchell has shown enough growth. 
after watching the disaster of the FIBA tournament over the summer to be the number one guy. I think Boyan Bogdanovich is a nice signing. He helps, but is he really moving the needle? He wasn't dominating for the Indiana Pacers. That's not like that team was the team to watch out for in the Ooh. Eastern Conference. They've gotten better. They're deeper. They're a more modern team, I would say. They've addressed the issues. Upgrading Rubio to Conley is huge. They're going to be good. They're going to be a tough out. They're going to be a team nobody wants to play, but they're not going to make it to the finals. The, the, the regular season doesn't really mean much for the Jazz. We need to see them in the playoffs. But see, that's the thing is I think the Jazz are going to care so much about the regular season and be such a tough team to beat because they give that defensive effort every night that you're going to look at them and you're like, wow, look how stingy their defense is. Their regular season record is great, but we've seen it time and time again, these teams, the Grizzlies, the Pacers, the Bulls back in the day who make the game tough, and if, they're, if their regular season MVP is, is really hot, they're going to win a ton of games during the regular season. Things change in the playoffs. So, uh, I mean, I'm in on the Jazz for making good moves. I'm in on the Jazz as a tough playoff team, but they are not a realistic title team. I, I think making the Western Conference Finals would be a, a good season for them. Definitely. And I think you're underrating their offense a little bit. Obviously, they're going to be great defensively, but I think you've got a above average players in three of those spots. You, Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, and Boyan Bogdanovich. I think those are good enough combined with the Rudy Gobert and the J position that the other starting guy is either Jeff Green or, or Joe Ingles. <laughs> um, I think that's an, I think Mike Conley opens up the floor for Donovan Mitchell a, a decent amount. And so does Boyan. Uh, I think there's enough to be yeah, they need, pretty they, good. They needed someone to be able to take the heat off Donovan late in games. Because Rubio and Mike Conley's that guy though. Well, uh, why? Uh, why? What rep does he have? Well, oh. he's 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 a good ball and ball distributor, and he can take those big shots. He did that in Memphis against I, I, the Spurs, th- dropping thirty. How long something? ago was that? Multiple years. Yeah, yeah it was a like, long time ago. The one yeah. time they made the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, but well, he, he did it since then against the Spurs, and was it seventeen? But yeah, he, I mean that that's it's, it's a while. Yeah, it, it's been a while, but I think that that's an upgrade over Rubio, who they couldn't have out definitely, there. To shoot. Definitely true. And that's what they need. And, and again, that's why with Bogdanovich as well, another guy who you can throw the ball to and at least know that like, he, he can make a move, he can make a, uh, a shot. Uh, but, but again, for the Jazz, they were so good in the regular season last year, but then those games against Houston where their defense against Harden was just insane, they need to make up for that big time mm-hmm. this year because that was just that was awful from Quinn Snyder and he stuck with it. That was what was made it even worse. Like, if you try something in game one and it doesn't work, you go, okay, we tried it, failed, we go back to our, what we know, our meat and potatoes in game two, fine. They didn't do that. And uh, it, it just looked stupid how they were trailing James Harden. <laughs> yeah. And he just walked into the lane and either ooped or, uh, or scored himself. So, um, but the Jazz, you know, last season, I mean, the big rumour was they were going after Conley at the trade deadline and didn't mm-hmm. pull the trigger. Would that have made a difference in the playoffs? We'll never know the answer, but but clearly they feel that uh, they had to go out and get him. The Utah to, Jazz, to the Utah Jazz, uh, this season, the nineteen twenty Jazz are the equivalent of last year's Raptors without Kawhi Leonard. Is I really think sort of what Trey is uh, exactly. summing up here, and and what I mean by that is a really good team, defensive identity, Conley even as sort of that Lowry role, like a good above average, definitely above average type of point guard that you trust in in probably big moments and stuff like that. But without Kawhi, we all agree the Raptors are not winning a title last year. They're just a a good, scrappy, solid team with a bunch of good pieces and a well-coached team at that. Um, It's like, really, can Donovan Mitchell turn into Kawhi Leonard or they find another sort of Kawhi Leonard-like uh, like type of player, which obviously are not a ton of them out there. So, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying with the Jazz. I'm high on them as well, but it does feel like they're just more of a regular season team because 
I, you just who is gonna be that? Who is gonna be the guy that's gonna get you the bucket? And the hope is it's it's Mitchell, but I'm not 100 percent convinced uh, at this point of his career he can do that. Yeah, I saw him score 27 and three quarters, and then have a big fat goose egg as the Team USA lost. When I think when it comes down to it, if it's Kawhi Leonard and Donovan Mitchell going head to head. In the, fi- in the Western Conference playoffs, you're rolling with Kawhi every yeah. time. And I think yeah. there are quite a few duos that you're taking over the Jazz best players. Yeah, you're just hoping you're going to get the best con leave ever seen. Because a couple of years ago against the Spurs, in that playoff series, he went 13 in game one. Okay, fine. 24, 24, 35, 26, 26 in the, in the rest of the series. Boyan Bogdanovich can get you 20-plus. Donovan Mitchell can get you 20-plus. Ha- it's not a Kawhi situation where you can just rely on him, but you got to hope that you get like a 320-plus scores really out of yeah. those guys. And I, Conley has shown he has done it before. He's not young anymore. He's 32 years of age. Uh, but the defense is going to be there. And when we look at regular good teams going into the postseason, you kind of have to be top five, top six type, top seven top 10 at worst in each offense and defense. Yeah. And they're going to be there in, in defense and offense. I think, I think they have the potential to at least be top 10. My uh, overrated team. I talked about them a little bit in uh, a little bit prior in one of the uh, season preview podcasts. The Pacers are still just a little overrated to me. I'm just sort of blown away by their over under odds in Vegas. I, I mentioned that, you know, they won 48 games last year. Their, their over under is at 47 and a half again. So they're, you know, Will, you, will they win 48 again without Oladipo and losing some vet guys in Bogdanovich, obviously, and Thaddeus Young and Collison and Tyreek Evans even and Corey Joseph and Wesley Matthews? Like, there's a, there's a lot of turnover with this team. I, I, like, I like guys like Warren. I talked him up for MIP potential even. I'm a huge Brogdon fan. I, li- I even like Jeremy Lamb and what he did in the Hornets uh, and getting paid there from the Pacers. But still, that seems... That seems very high to me, that over-under. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I, you know, they're... Their identity is defense, and they're going to try and see if uh, you know Sabonis and Miles Turner can coexist at the same time. They're going to give that a go. I get all that, but uh, that's too high. That's too high. That doesn't mean they're not going to be a playoff team, but that does to me like, like the forty-eight win mark. You're you're really knocking on home court advantage there um, in the Eastern Conference, and I just don't think they're better than the Celtics or the Raptors. And you can maybe even convince me of teams like the Nets and the Heat, and even maybe the Magic. So seems too high. Little, little overrated. I'm saying Vegas is overrating um, the Pacers. I don't, I don't really get that one. All right, let's switch it up. Next question. From overrated to underrated, most underrated team or player heading into the season. Tass, what do you got? You just slipped them in there. The Orlando Magic okay. are, are going to be a good team. And I don't know if it's underrated more than its lack of ratings because nobody cares about the Orlando Magic. Nobody's really talking about the Orlando Magic. Uh, I, I, the people who do rate them understand that they were a playoff team last year. They took a game from the NBA champions. Uh, I've heard that somewhere before. Uh, but they're they just led that series, in fact, didn't they? They did. They did it. The one zero, and then they went on to win the championship. Anything is possible, kids. Uh, I think they're just good. You know, they're. I, I don't. I don't think that it was a phony playoff experience last year. I, I, I think those guys are good enough. And Aaron Gordon. And Jonathan Isaac, I think, will take another little step. And Vooch and Evan Fournier, they're all good. They're all good. They're, they may not be great, but everybody sort of overlooks them as a playoff team. I think it'd be a huge disappointment if they don't make the playoffs. They should grow uh, as a team. And this the ship has steadied a little bit uh, in Orlando. It was kind of a rocky ship for the last few years. I kind of look at it as like, 
the Phoenix Suns for several years. It was just, it was bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but last year they kind of found their way and it would be nuts for them not to make the playoffs um, looking at that team. But nobody talks about them as a, as a lo- rock solid playoff team when I'm, I'm sure they look around the locker room and think that they are. Yeah, I think steady ship is the exact way to put it. They know what they're doing. They play hard. They're well coached. They're well prepared. They're not making a bunch of mistakes. And it's like, you know, you're going to get some post moves from Vucevic. You know that DJ Augustine's going to do a decent job in the pick and roll. Aaron Gordon is the huge wild card. Is he going to become, is he going to take the next step and be, as Zach Lowe calls him, the athletic version of Draymond Green? Or is he going to try and be a worse version of LeBron where he's handling the ball all the time? There is an all-star somewhere in there in Aaron Gordon, I would think. Just the way he, he's a super talented guy, obviously incredibly athletic. He can do a whole bunch. He just hasn't been able to put it all together for an entire season to really have an impact. If that ever happens, if he ever actually takes that next step, they're a team that I think is on the rise for sure if, if Isaac's able to make some moves as well. Yeah, that, they rose throughout the season last year defensively. Steve Clifford, it took him a couple of months to implement that defensive system. But when it did, the magic really flew up the charts defensively. But again, you don't it didn't really stand out because no one thought the Magic were anything more than just fodder if they yeah, made the playoffs. because they don't have a real star yeah. on those guys. If it's Gordon or, I guess, Isaac could grow into mm. those guys, then maybe we're talking. But at this point, but now that now that Clifford's happening. had a full season and an off-season to work with that team, if the Magic come out of the gates, you know, better and, fin- and, and sort of the way that they ended last season, then they should be, you know, certainly looking to uh, go up yeah. higher in the Eastern Conference. Well, they re-signed Vucevic four years, hundred million. They re-signed Terrence Ross, you know, their super sixth man there, four years, fifty-four million. They got Markel Fultz, who is showing hey, or not? appearing yeah. to be a player at least in preseason action. If he can give them anything, that's obviously a huge bonus. Uh, Al Farouk Amino is in the mix there too. Yeah, you're right. They finished on a tear. Remember last season, like eleven and two down the stretch, and and even really solid from the All Star break. Um, and then, of course, took at least one game from the defending champion Toronto Raptors. <laughs> they're, you're, you're right. They're not a sexy team, but they do have... Obviously, they're well-coached because they finally do have a defensive backbone now. Uh, and they got players, guys that are just solid guys. There's no guy that's like going to wow you, but I like Fournier, I would throw into the mix with the, the wings that you were saying there, and, and obviously Vooch as mm-hmm. you know a guy that... Does put up numbers. Lee thinks they're uh, shallow numbers at times, but they're numbers. Shallow. They are numbers nonetheless. But mm. they it, like they would be a big, big disappointment if they had one of those just years where they fell back to earth a little bit and struggled to make the playoffs or something. Like they remind me at times, probably because of the Clifford tie, to be honest, of the Hornets that like would have a suddenly a good year here or there. And then just sort of have completely fall off again. Mm. Just when you would start to get excited about them and like, oh yeah, you know they they know what the, they know the makeup of their team, they know the backbone of their team, their defense identity, and then they sort of would always just sort of fluctuate a little bit. You hope that doesn't happen with the Magic. And they would be a natural trade partner for a point guard because we mentioned Mark L. Fultz. He's their backup behind DJ Augustine. Yeah, they could use a point guard like a Kyle Lowry if the mm. Raps decide to blow her up. Uh, but Chris Paul, which doesn't really seem like it fits Chris Paul yeah. in Orlando but a, a real guy a guy who balls out at that position because they need a creator Aaron Gordon hasn't been that guy uh, he doesn't show like he can be that guy to, to do it off the bounce they, they need somebody with a little creativity trade who you have for underrated team or player we have got a lot of incredible big guys in the league right now Anthony Davis Carl Anthony Towns Chris Daps Porzingis who else Giannis Embiid mm-hmm. yeah you list a whole bunch of names. Two guys who never come up, though. 
John Collins, right here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Basically a 20 and 10 guy, 35% from three mm-hmm. last year. He told me and Lee this year he's going to be putting the ball on the ground, blowing by dudes <laughs> as they close out to him in the corner, then crushing it on their head. He's calling out guys at media day. I don't necessarily know if you want John Collins handling the ball a lot when you got other ball handlers around, but he looks ready to take another step, and he has been an incredibly productive player for the Hawks. It's a great pairing, him and Trey Young. Uh, it gives him a little bit of a future. I don't necessarily know if he's the second star you're looking for, but he's certainly a valuable piece going forward. The other guy, though, is Jaron Jackson Jr. Nobody cares about the Grizzlies at all, but I think we're going to get a lot of buzz on the JJJ train this year. 14 and 4 last year. Basically a steal, a block and a half, shot 50% from the floor, 36% from three. He's still incredibly young. Uh, I only see uh, his abilities going up and up. I think he's going to be a backbone of the Grizzlies for a long time. Couple players. I, uh, yeah, they're good players. I like, uh, I like the Hawks, though, as well, because in the sense that uh, they've got their building blocks that they've drafted and uh, in, in Collins and Trey Young, and then add to that DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish, who both of them look like they're going to be ready to get minutes early on this season. And then the veterans that they've added, Alan Crabb, I think he's a solid guy. Again, he's not a star, he's not a standout, but he's a steady guy. Evan Turner, I mean... He's bounced around a lot, but, you know, with Evan Turner, he knows he's happy to come off the bench. He can still get your basket or two there. So I think there's some good mix of youth with the experience there. I think Lloyd Pierce is a good coach. Can they play defense? Can they stop anybody? That's that's going to be their major <laughs> no. concern. No, 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 probably, no, 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 probably no, no, no. Not, not at all. Probably not. But, but you know, they can score. I think they can score yeah, a lot. I, I agree with so, that. So, you know, they, they can. could roll out a power forward rotation of Vince Carter, Jabari Parker, and Chandler Parsons if they wanted to. Wow. That could be their, their four rotation. I don't know if that's a lockdown set of fours, but uh, those guys are certainly in Atlanta. Trey, Trey talked about John Collins, and, and we were down there at Media Day, and I asked him about about his defense because he said to me he goes yeah I want to dunk on all these guys and you know he's shooting the ball well but he said also that's where he has to improve defensively he wants to get two blocks a game so you know he's aware that he is going to be the sort of uh, almost the backbone I guess of that of that Hawks defense now he's got a lot of work to do there but um, you know I I think if if it's a track meet I think the Hawks can keep up with teams uh, because we know right now everyone just wants to get out there and score as many points as they can so I think the Hawks I think they should be looking you know they'll be looking to make the playoffs. Um, they probably won't finish higher than sort of seventh or eighth there, but I think that's that's okay for their progress and their progression as to where they're going with. They this just thing. need to be in a playoff race. They need to play yeah. in like sort of important games in late mm-hmm. March and April. That even if they don't ultimately get in, and, and which would probably just result in a in a sweep anyway from the Sixers or the Bucks, just playing games that actually matter would be a huge you know a huge first step. And then ultimately trying to make the playoffs the next year after that. I just uh, had a, a TV flashback with Lee as I'm sitting here beside him. You know, the several years we did television, we, we just stopped doing it. Hearing Lee go, I was down at media day talking <laughs> to John Collins. And this is what he had to say. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey. I'll be down there this season talking to all the bros. Some things never change. Uh, Tash, you said the Magic as an under, underrated team. Uh, there's one other team, I think, in the Eastern Conference that is definitely an average team that generally just gets overlooked um, when we're talking about Eastern Conference playoff teams, and they're just not that sexy, and in fact, a lot of people just are like, ugh, that team? The Detroit Pistons. The Pistons are... the Exactly, but... You say that, but they were a 500 team last year. Yep. And they made, you know, some sort of fringe moves in getting Rose and Morris and, and the Armadillo Cowboy, Joe Johnson, Tony Snell trade. You know, that's, they, 
they still should be sort of in the mix to, to make the playoffs. I know they're not going to, uh, you know, wow anyone and go, wow, the Pistons are going to go on a deep run into the playoffs by any means. But Blake Griffin, he had an unbelievable season last year. And, and he got all NBA nods, so that, that's good. It was recognized. Um, but in what he did with that squad, they're not pretty, they're not sexy, but Coach Casey's solid. We've seen what he can do with the Raptors. He, he's going to try and build on a 41-41 and 41 record, and I think they'll be, they're going to be right there in the mix. I don't see why not, you know, Outside of a, a drastic injury to a guy like like Blake Griffin, and maybe there are, maybe there's a possible trade that happens with them and Andre Drummond as well, um, which could always shake up their roster. Yeah, you hope like you know because he ended the season with that injury. Yeah. you hope that he this is not the sort of start of his decline really because it, well we've kind of already seen that, but uh, but he adapted his game. Yeah, and started yeah. suddenly becoming a three point shooter yeah. and taking his game out to the perimeter. Yeah, but four years before that, each season he was under seventy games, and so that's why. I'm a little bit down on them because he had the perfect season last year, and I just don't know if it can be replicated. Their perfect season, right until the end, yeah, right. Yes, yes, and he was barely playing uh, against the Milwaukee Bucks in the in the playoffs, but the perfect season got them to the eighth seed. And so, I, you know, I, I'm just I'm a little doubtful that that can happen again. It's not very nice to say that about a man who's achieving uh, uh, the best at his profession. He's, he looks amazing, and he adapted his game, as you said, and. There's just uh, something about Coach Casey with a bunch it's of true. vets out there that just like I don't know. You can just see them grueling out a bunch of wins. They they really be, are like becoming well, that. Why the Raptors last year didn't they? In the regular <laughs> yeah, they season? had some success. Right. They uh, yeah. they're just like that YMCA team with the the old guys. That you're like I don't know how they pull this off. I'm not sure, but they 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 have that vibe to me for some reason. Yeah, it's um, a little like Doc Rivers and the Magic right. when he was Coach of the Year. That that kind of feel. Yeah. Right. He won that. Yeah. Didn't he win that with a 500 record? Was, yeah. It was prior to the uh, Sam Mitchell winning uh, less than 50 games back in 06 mm-hmm. 07 with the reps. All right, our next one. We had to ask it, especially because we're here in Toronto, or at least two of us are. Are people sleeping on the Raptors? You're defending you champs. It. You answer it, Skeets. Are they? Are they taking a napsy wapsy? <laughs> uh, it's interesting. Yeah, I guess they are. And, I and so. But I think that's almost... It's like, why not? You lost Kawhi Leonard. You, you lost the guy that really did give you an NBA championship. They're a great team. They had a great record without Kawhi Leonard. Uh, and they have great players in Lowry and Van Vliet and Siakam and Danny Green when he was there and stuff like that. I get that. But you know, Kawhi won them a title. He won them series at times there to, to move them on to the, to the finals. For the whole but they were good well. before Kawhi. They, they were, were good before Kawhi, but they, were not, they weren't title contenders. No, but... People, there's there's some people who don't think they're making the postseason because Kawhi oh that see that's no yeah that's exactly right so yes in that regards people are that's lock, that's lock stupid. them into that playoff picture I think that's a no brainer this I, isn't I, the '99 Bulls this isn't a championship team <laughs> that's not going to make the playoffs the next year I think they're a top four seed the, the years before Kawhi was there the five years before that they made the playoffs and they averaged 52 wins even got up to 59 yeah. wins with Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan as, as your lead guys now Pascal Siakam is there they've got that Marc Gasol I'm Conor McGregor swag walking in <laughs> to the arena now after winning a championship they've got a lot of good players on the team you think that swag matters to the opponents who come in and say wow look at these tough guys walking in well, where's Kawhi I, I don't see him I oh, think so I never think- mind I think there's enough juice in that locker room that they're not they're not going to fade. I think they're good enough to win 48, 49 games. Yeah. It is weird that they have they're entering this season as the defending champs, but now because Kawhi's left and people are writing them off, like okay, that was fun, you got your one year bye, that they can have this 
like weird like it's us against the world mentality the rest of the guys on the roster it's like such a weird combo of like you're the defending champs but everybody doesn't believe in you but then they can use that to their advantage maybe sort of locker room you know bulletin board material just a straight it's gonna be a strange raptor season but they are they're, they still they're they're set up well to find out which of their young guys in siakam and og can take it to the if they can take it to the next level, um, especially with all the expiring contracts, and then where Masai Ujiri goes from there, and then trying to get Giannis in a couple of years because that's exactly what's going to happen. He's <laughs> I believe in uh, in Masai Ujiri as well too. I, I, he he won't just sit on this season and go, you know what, we won it last year. I'll just let guys like Marcus Gasol's contract and Serge's run out. If there's a deal out, if there's there a deal to thinks, be made, right? Yeah, he'll, he'll make that deal because he yeah. he he's not the sort of guy who's like, all right, who cares now about this season? He he's going to want to show the, the fact that they re-signed Kyle Lowry for. Another season shows that you know Kyle He's Larry, a nice guy, and he wants to give him a golden parachute for when he <laughs> trades him. Sure, sure. But the thing <laughs> is, I, I think um, uh, what's his name, Masai. And I spoke to him last year at the finals. Oh, remember? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and here's what he had to say. <laughs> and here's what he had to say. When 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 all those memes were going around about LeBronto and that, he was so offended and so hurt by that, and he was so determined to to make sure the Raptors got better and they go on and win the championship. Now the fact that everyone is saying, "Well, the Raptors can't win it this year; they can't go back to back," I think that also is more fuel to his fire. That he's like, "I'm not just going to sit back now and, and and you know camp out and enjoy this. I want to keep on winning and showing." that I can build a team without Kawhi that is capable of challenging. They are a great trade partner for teams looking to bolster their roster. We talked about Kyle Lowry, even though he got that extra year, everybody would be willing to trade for it. It's not that long. It's 2021. Marcus Ole, Serge Ibaka are all on their last year of their deals. This could be a team that gets blown up. And it also could be a team in those three guys that maybe they're too old and maybe they struggle a little bit. Uh, and maybe you're relying on guys down the roster like Stanley Johnson and Rondé Hollis-Jefferson and those type of guys, and yeah. it might be a bit of an issue, and maybe Fred Van Vliet can't perform as a starter if they throw him in there. There's some worries that they're not going to be great, but also, who cares they got a chip? I don't think they, <laughs> That's I don't right. think they really care all that much. Hey, hey, while you guys are up there in Toronto, this one's for you more, J.D. Why don't you go and uh, have a bottle of wine with Marcus Gasol? Oh, okay. <laughs> sure. Chug yeah. it. Skull it. Yeah. Tempranillo. Yeah, I mean, it might be, uh, yeah, you don't need a glass. You just need to pop the cork and start guzzling away with him. <laughs> I drank all my wine all the time. <laughs> he's, so, a, he's one guy in the NBA I feel like I could be friends with. Yeah? You yeah. just connect with him? Well, he can drink as much as I can. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. Uh, and he's just, he's just a nice guy. Just want to hang out with him. Yeah. Nice You're not wrong. We have had the honor to have him on the show with his brother, Pau Gasol, back in, uh, whoa, what was that? 2015? 15, so. I yeah. 15 All-Star, yep. Yeah. That's exactly right. You're right. He's a great guy. Let's go hunt him down. Let's do it. All right. Let's go, let's go try to find every Raptor. That should be our, our, our challenge. <laughs> Get a photo with every Raptor. Uh, so Trey, you're, bank, probably. Trey, you're not as high on the like. Do you think people are are you sleeping on the Raptors or for a reason or where do you fall with them? Uh, to me, I see best case scenario they get home court advantage and win a first round series. Okay. That to me is yeah. the ceiling for this Raptors team. Worst case scenario is Siakam looks overwhelmed as the number one option. Yep. Lowry gets hurt and Masai says, "Well, the plan was if we didn't win a championship with Kawhi, we would blow things up anyways." Let's accelerate the rebuild, and the rebuild is on by the trade deadline because, like Tass is saying, Gasol and Ibaka have big contracts that are expiring. They're older guys who are going to be valuable to a contending team like they just were to the Raptors. So if, you know, if everything breaks poorly, 
early in the season for Toronto. I can see them moving on onto the next phase. Masai would, I'm sure, enjoy the challenge of building another team yeah. around Pascal Siakam as the main guy with more of a clear sheet to try and figure things out. Uh, but that being said, I just assume they're a playoff team. I just assume they're going to be in there. The institutional continuity is is going to be huge. Guys like Lowry Gasol and Abaka just give you a a lo- a high floor. Your team's not going to be terrible as long as those guys are on the court. Tass, do you, if you're Masai Ujiri in the Raptors organization, is Pascal Siakam a no-brainer for max contract extension? You don't even think twice, or are you hesitant? I don't think twice in this day and age of the NBA. I think... I think they're tradable. I think he's tradable, especially with all those numbers coming off the books. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it'll be him and everybody else really at the end of 2020 or 2021, and so it's not it's not crippling by any means. No, and I think you can pay a couple max guys. I think he's shown that he could be a number two scorer on a championship mm-hmm. team right right there. You know, with Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry still doesn't get respect. I think for his finals performances that I watch every single night uh he um he was awesome but but pascal was their sort of their number two guy i I think you pay a you can have a max slot for a number two guy uh in the nba so he fits that all right let's take our little intermission break here before we get to a couple more questions in part four of our nba season preview series tass it's your summer story time what'd you get up to well, probably not as exciting as uh, Trey and Lee. Lee's uh, John Bon Jovi, for God's sake. Uh, or, uh, or wakeboarding. But uh, I, I guess the most exciting thing I did was I spent a couple weeks in Israel. Or is it Palestine? Or is it Israel? Or is it Palestine? Don't talk politics on the show, idiot. Uh, but I think the, um, the best thing I did for myself was uh, I took some piano lessons. And uh, that was... How'd that go? Uh, I mean, you gonna play us? Yeah, <laughs> no. there we go. Tickle the ivory, tickle the ivory, <laughs> and I brought one right here. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not good at it. I did buy, a, I did buy a piano, not a baby grand, but uh, a digi, a digi piano. Okay, digi uh, p, and uh, it feels great. Feels great to get on the keys. It's it's very good for the brain. Two hands? How do you play an instrument with two oh, hands? That's tough. It's a lot easy. But uh, no, I'm not good at it. But um, it, it's just it's a nice little hobby. It's a nice little hobby. I mean, I can get up there and play a. Are you sleeping? Are you sleeping? <laughs> I'm, I'm That's just three keys, isn't it? That's two hands, bro. <laughs> two hands? Wow. Is it three keys? No, yeah, four like, it's, it's, all, it's like three blind mice. It's, yeah. it's, it's the same but, tune. But you got a left something. hand. You got to get your left hand. Has this, has this been something you've yeah, been no, like no. considering for a while, like wanting to play an instrument or wanting to play the piano? Yeah, I'm just like you, Skeets, wanting to play, uh, wanting to play an instrument, as you mentioned on the, the Free Agents podcast <laughs> yeah. in the summer. Yeah, Matty O, yeah, he gave me his guitar. So we got to start a band yeah, now. Let's do it, yeah. guys. Wow. Yeah, I need it. Well, Lee's going to be the singer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sure. While you're up there in Toronto, get Nick Nurse in it. He's always got the guitar on. Oh, that's so. right. That's right. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a hard instrument. I've got my adult one textbook that okay. I'm, I'm adult version one so uh, we're trying to get through it it takes a long time so but do yeah. you actually have you've you've gone to lessons or had someone come to your yeah. house like you've gone that to no, that i went yeah oh, wow okay yeah i went to uh to a teacher in her home as i left a 12 year old would take my spot <laughs> yep. on the bench yeah. and uh felt good and sometimes uh, like a, a cool looking guy would chunk come in after me like a not a cool looking 12 year old a cool looking <laughs> man <laughs> and uh, so I felt a little bit better about myself. Right, but right. A little head nod, no, a little no head nod to that guy. Yeah, there's what's up, no cool shame. Guy? 
Yeah, you look cool playing the piano with your tattoos. Um, yeah. And what? That's like fine. you just sit? You sit down and like is an hour lesson? <laughs> well, it's it's you have options. All I right. think in the piano lesson world, 30, 45, <laughs> 60. Um, yeah, I I did a forty five or generally. So you're learning the basics right now. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. 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 Did uh, any of your recording playing skills, your recorder, excuse me, playing skills, translate to to the piano? Well, sure. You know the notes. If you're, if you're musical, yeah. you're musical. I mean, reading. Uh, <laughs> yes. That's right. I, reading, uh, reading music is not, I don't know, it's fun, but yeah, I don't think, that's something you never really lose, I'd say. It's so you, there. So you can read music, like, fairly confidently. Yeah, I'm fluent. <laughs> I'm in music what I'm asking you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Every good boy crazy. deserves fudge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Air conditioning, electric guys. <laughs> nice. Is that a bass clef or a jick clef? <laughs> yeah, I did not expect to be talking clefs today. That's for what, sure. What's your favorite note? Your B flat man? <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't worked up to. Uh, the second level. Your favorite so straight note. note. <laughs> do you have? <laughs> do you have a goal task like to be able to play like a certain song or by a certain point, or is it, you know, do you, like do you have that pinned up somewhere, be able to play uh, something? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every morning when I wake up and wash my face, I look into the mirror and I, I have a note sitting there that says. Play Billy Joel today. Uh, piano man, I'm the piano man. Um, no, like you, Skeets, like you mentioned, you want to be able to play a song. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I want to be able to play a song. You guys got to learn the same song. You got to yeah, learn one song yeah. each, but it's got to yeah. be the same song. Yeah, we have to. We got to pick that song, Tess. Yeah. That's a good call. Yeah, there's nothing, you know, we're, we live in this social media world, so I want to I wanna post post me playing yeah. these these really really basic <laughs> notes but there's nothing more humbling than looking <laughs> terrible or playing terrible music oh, yeah. and posting it uh, so I won't do that alright <laughs> that's great this is a great development yeah. I can't wait it's hard it's, but, it is, but it also could easily be one of those those hobbies like you know, shout out to Matt Austin who would develop or, or you know he would jump into a hobby and then poof <laughs> the hobby goes away for you <laughs> <laughs> like uh, easily <laughs> Because I'm, I'm starting. It's starting to subside. I just, I'm just not. I'm not getting on the bench and playing the piano every day right. to get better. You got to practice, Tass. You got to practice. You just you, wanted to buy a piano. You're just like Matty O. You buy, he yeah. buy the gear. <laughs> yeah, and then you're done. Yeah, that's right. The the one great Matty O hobby was uh, he was going to get into hiking. And he went into yeah. the, like the mountain uh, equipment co-op store, and he was in there for like six hours. It was like three times longer than any hike he ever did, just buying all the gear. <laughs> but you know what's funny about that? He didn't do a ton of hiking when he was in Georgia, but now I, st- I st- how, now since he's gone to L.A., I think he is doing a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. He on, said yeah. he navigated his way yeah. from Atlanta to L.A. using the compass he bought it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh wow. Right. <laughs> so wayfinding. My point is, Tess, <laughs> in a in a couple of years when you find yourself out in LA, then that's when you're gonna really pick up the piano. That's then you'll be playing in a band and stuff like that. Well, Bring your own piano out there, man. 
<laughs> Why are you dissing me, Lee? No, I'm not. I'm not. I think it's fantastic. We have the, we have the keyboard at home because uh, you know my seven year old. He was like, Dad, I want to play the piano. So I thought, all right, you know, you try to encourage it. You say, no, 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 no. Wait thirty years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I should have because uh, he played with it for like two days, and now it's just collecting yeah, dust. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's yeah. You know, but I've had I've I've tickled it around a little bit. And it's, uh, you know, because uh, I want to play like um, Bohemian Rhapsody or something like that. But it's, uh, you know, I don't. I don't want to learn. I just want to be able to go. And just play play yeah, for sure. Yeah, me too, man. <laughs> it would have been so awesome to be born a piano prodigy, but guess got to learn it instead. Yeah. Well, Lady Gaga taught herself, so you know, there's hope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want like uh, in the Matrix where it's like uh, I want to be able to fly a helicopter, mm. and you just download it to your brain, yeah. and then suddenly you can fly a helicopter. Yeah. I hear Skeets, you. have you uh, Matt dropped off? The, piano, or the guitar to you. Have yep. you? Uh, what's going on? How are you picking? Yeah, you're tickling. I'm picking. Um, not a lot of picking going on. I'm obviously, I left it in uh, Atlanta. I didn't bring it what? up with me to Toronto. Yeah, I didn't feel confident as Nick Nurse carrying that on a plane. Um, no, let's be honest. I pulled it out when he when it got first dropped off. I did a little strumming, a little picking. Nora told me to put it away. What are you doing? Um, so then I put it beside. It's into my office, and it's sat in the bag uh, ever since. Um, but I keep looking at it. I thought if I keep it out, yeah, that'll sure. help yeah. me eventually. You know, unzip it and play it again. But yeah, I'm behind you. You're you're ahead of me. Don't learn too quick, Tess. Okay. Mm, yeah, that's Slo- not that's not going to be a okay. Problem. Okay. Slow <laughs> yeah, you but but keep it out. That's that's why I have my piano on my kitchen island. Okay. Yeah. I, I see it every morning. You just walk by it with your green, yeah. eating a <laughs> carrot and looking just sitting on the island. Wow. One key yeah. a day. That's all you need to do. Just bing. Okay. Bing. Got yeah, it. I learned yeah. something. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Excellent stuff. Okay. Let's uh, let's get back into the questions here. Our next question is another award, guys. Who wins sixth man of the year? And tell me why it isn't Lou Williams again. Yeah, I was going to say, let's just like take Lou out of this as an answer because otherwise we all just go Lou, 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 and then we move on. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. That is an option. Yeah. But I, I think I've got a couple of guys who I'm going to throw out there because it's actually a kind of interesting award uh, without Lou there. I think his teammate, Montrez Harrell, uh, yeah. if he comes off the bench again, which he probably will, he could be in the mix. He was in the mix last season. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Brown came off the bench a lot last season, probably will start, though, I think. Is it, yeah. Season. Is it Gordon Hayward or Jalen Brown? Yeah. I suspect Yeah, one Brown. of those two would be a good candidate. Yeah. yeah. Whichever one's on the bench. Yep. Yep. And then also, uh, what about old Freddie? FVV. Yeah, he might start though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's a, that's the thing. A couple of these guys, I'm not With sure Danny about. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I will pick Montrez though because again, I think the Clippers are going to have a big season. They're going to have a lot of attention, and uh, Montrez is great in that role, coming off the bench. He can score. He can defend. Um, and uh, you know, I mean, lose the pick, of course. But uh, Montrez outside of Lou is my choice. Lou, if he wins again, that would be his fourth, I believe, sixth man of the year, which would uh, break the tie that he has with Jamal Crawford. He's not going to win it this year. You don't think so? I will come out and say it. Yeah, I think he's going to be less integral to the Clippers' success. I think yeah. he was their closer last year. Yeah. He was the guy who had the ball for him in the fourth quarter. That's not going to be the case with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George both in the lineup. I'm not even sure Lou Williams will be playing in the fourth quarters. If they're going with a more defensive lineup, you're going to see Patrick Beverly out there because Lou Williams isn't the guy you want out there for defense. He has to have the ball to be playing. And so if he's playing a little bit less often, I think people will be ready to look for a new six-man of the year. Another guy you would think maybe, Eric Gordon, but he's probably going to start a lot. They don't have a lot of depth for the Rockets. Mm -hmm. They're going to want to play their best players more often. He might 
go a little bit. Uh, he might hit over 42 starts or something like that. Take him out of the running. That's for, why for me, get your Dinwiddie dollars. Mm. We're going to the yeah. bank. Spencer Dinwiddie's my pick. He's probably not going to start. I think he will be a closing guard for the Nets, either for Joe Harris or Karis LeVert, kind of depending on the game and the situation. But I think uh, he will fit next to Kyrie Irving, uh, regardless of who else is out on the court. Uh, so I'm rolling with Spencer Dinwiddie. He was definitely on my list. Uh, I'm going to take Bogdan Bogdanovich with the Kings because mm-hmm. he's definitely one of their best five players. But because they're so deep, they, uh, they're really balancing things out. Uh, he can come in and just get buckets. He's a natural, natural scorer, and he's already developed some a really good relationship, like Lou Williams uh, with Montrezl Harrell. He's developed a pretty good relationship with Dwayne Dedman there uh, as a big. So he's uh, he's my guy. I, I you know think Lou obviously has a great chance, but I would put Derrick Rose up there as well. Mm-hmm. I think in Detroit, Blake Griffin's going to be happy to give him all the shots in the world. When it comes down the stretch, like he did last year with the Minnesota Timberwolves, how many did he average? I think it was something like 19 Mm -hmm. points per game. But I think the voters don't really want to give it to Derrick Rose for someone just because he was an MVP, I guess. Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's something something there where he he doesn't doesn't seem to get the votes that he really deserves. I would throw two more in the mix. Uh, Terrence Ross, even though he just got paid, as I said, um, he comes off the bench. And if he shoots like he did last year and how many threes that he was knocking down, shot 38% from three. Um, scored 15 a game off the bench. If the Magic, again, maybe shock some people and are one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference, um, I think he'll get some uh, deserved love in that role, and I think that is sort of the perfect role for a guy like him. And uh, J.J. Redick. Hmm. Old J.J. Redick with the Pelicans could be coming off the bench back to that sort of role um, and and can fill it up, obviously, So uh, even still at his age. Uh, So he could warrant some love if the Pelicans are yeah. uh, have a good record, which uh, we've talked up a little bit about. So, yeah, I, I, I'm intrigued by the Gordon Hayward or Jalen Brown or like one Celtic, um, whoever, if somebody really grabs that role and, and runs with it, I think uh, could put up some pretty good numbers. But I went with Lou Williams as my default last year, and it worked out for me. I'm sticking with it. <laughs> I, I hear what you're saying, Trey, that you, you make some great great points, but uh, that all said, they even guys like Kawhi and Paul George, like, they respect the hell out of a guy like Lou Williams and it's like, just go get a bucket when we need one. And he will always be able to create a shot. That's um, for sure. So it's uh, there's potential there for him to score close to 20 a game off the bench. I think it was 20 last year. It was like 22 the year before. So you just got to put it in pen. Lou Williams uh, setting records here. It's crazy that would be his fourth. And that would be his third in his row. Third in a row, actually, for him. Next question. Simple one. Who wins the scoring title? 2019-20. NBA scoring title. What do you got? I know we're going to have some disagreements here. I think we will. I mean, mm-hmm. well, first off, how you can't go Harden? I mean, you don't. Guy averaged 36 it, points per game last year. It's easily Harden for me. Easily. He, okay. Yeah, he had an eight point gap to Paul George, who was second in scoring last year. And everybody's like, well, what about Russell Westbrook coming in to play with James Harden? His numbers are going to go down. Guess who played with Russell Westbrook last year? Paul George. He was second in scoring. <laughs> Russell Westbrook is used to playing with a high-usage guy. James Harden is going to be more high-usage than anything he's used to. Yeah. The gap from one to two, eight points is so huge. I, you know, Harden could fall off four points, and he's still blowing the competition away. The guy is unstoppable as a one-on-one player. He's going to have a little bit more space, perhaps, catching uh, the catch-and-shoots. He's going to knock those down. I think Harden's the pick. It's, yeah. it's not a bad pick. It's a very good pick with 36 points per game. How do you dispute that? But I think it's the year of Steph. 
I think he's going to pop it, pop it up to uh, about thirty-two, and, and James is going to come down a little bit. And I think, I think this is finally the year. James Harden says, "I don't have to score every bucket on this team. Uh, I'm not going to go for MVP this season. I'm going <laughs> to save it, save it a little bit for the postseason." Mm. And the, they should be neck and neck. I think Steph is going to, you know, without Kevin Durant, he's going to go off. But I, I think it's those two guys in, in the end. I, I agree also with Steph. I think uh, just because of the workload, the extra workload, and he's going to play off the ball a little bit more, so he's going to be just shooting a lot more, that he's going to have more opportunity. I think he could average 30 again like he did in his first or second MVP season, I think it was. Um, but uh, a guy I mentioned earlier who I think could be in the top three is Zach Levine. I just I just think he's going to get the, the opportunity there in Chicago, and I think he put up 23 last season. I think he could get up to 28 a game there in Chicago. Yeah. He's... Um, you know, he's a versatile guy. He's improving his three-point shot. Um, so there's no reason why he shouldn't. Not sure he can lead the league because there are some of the guys. And, of course, Harden is going to go for it again. But uh, it'd, be, it'd be interesting to see if Zach can make that leap to that sort of a level of a scorer because, uh, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's getting a lot of early buzz in the preseason here. Uh, but it's a lot different when it comes to the big stuff. It's, it's like, though, is Zach Levine basically sort of our next DeMar DeRozan? sort of vibe yeah, you know right where they, they can get buckets don't get me wrong and they can they can do so in style in times with big dunks um but yeah can you do the the i know there was that huge DeRozan run that he went on there that one time but uh can you do that night in night out over you know eight, 70 plus games that that's tough but uh, you know zach levine could he be flirting with 30 per game could bradley beal be flirting with 30 per game on, on the on a lowly wizards team lillard of course like does he have even a next little stepped and bump his up what was he last year he's probably like 26 27 26, yeah, yeah 26 um towns booker i mean there's a lot of guys that that's not easy to do 30 average 30 points per game but there's a it feels like there's a lot of guys i'm with you though i think harden no brainer still he's finished in one of the top two spots on the leaderboard in points per game over the last five seasons he's either first or second um so he's gonna be there again even with westbrook and i think he actually does run away with it so to speak, again, Curry's going to be there. And I think Anthony Davis, um, if healthy, trying to shut up the haters like Lee Ellis, uh, <laughs> could be putting up some massive um, you know, points per game numbers. So I'd, I'd have those sort of three, Harden, Curry, and AD, uh, with Harden at the top and then maybe Curry or AD, um, one, two, or you know, two, three, I should say. But let's hear from you guys on that one. Hashtag no dunks on Twitter. Who wins the scoring title? All right, our final one for this podcast. <laughs> Got to end with a staple when it comes to our NBA season previews. We've been doing this one for a long time. It's a lot of fun. It's very stupid. Guys, what is your puntastic New York Post headline for this upcoming season? What are we going to see in that New York paper about the Knicks, likely? Well, uh, you remember that Kevin Durant was asked about joining the Knicks in the offseason, and he said, ah... You know, I sort of thought about it, but they're kind of uncool. Right. (laughs) Well, the Knicks and the Nets play in Brooklyn the second game of their seasons. Mm-hmm. So I think what's going to happen is the Knicks are going to come in super motivated yep. and they're going to get a win. Okay. And on the New York Post the next morning, there's going to be KD on the bench, just like, you know, wearing jeans and a hat and it's going to say, cool story, bro. <laughs> Whoa, that's good. <laughs> Not bad. That's pretty good. You can see them going with that too. Oh, I like that one. All right. What, what, do, you think, I, what do you think about those comments quickly, Lee? You get, does he have a point? Um, about the Knicks, and you're just not cool. You haven't been cool yeah. for a long time. I, no, think that's a, I think it's a good point. Yeah, I mean, the Knicks, we've always heard, we always hear the Knicks and the Lakers, you know, the two biggest markets, but it has been a long time since they've been able to attract the big players. Obviously, the Lakers the last couple of years have done well, but the Knicks have been a disaster for a long time, really. Do you think they're cool? 
Uh, they are still, yeah. <laughs> they are. I mean, yeah. would you buy a scalp ticket to a cool New York Knicks game? Well, I haven't bought a ticket for a long time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but yeah, who's I mean, cool now? Why don't you I check think, out the game time app? I think. Uh, I think the thing is, Madison Square Garden is, is you know, it, it it always has that luster over Barclays Center, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, you know. So, yeah, but it, but it really has been since. Eddie Curry, it's been a long time yeah. since they've been good. No, I know, I, I, I agree. And, it's just and but, so for Kim Durant, it kind of makes sense, you know. Guys yeah. in there at thirty years old. When was when were they good? When they were little, little, little boys. I mean, it was like <laughs> yeah. two thousand and twelve. The last time they made the playoffs, I think was it. Was that the Mellow versus yeah, J.R. Smith Celtics mm. next year? Yeah, probably. Yeah. All right, so you're going with a cool story, bro. Cool story, bro. When the bro. Knicks pick up an early win versus the Nets in and, Brooklyn. And, yeah. Okay, I, I I like it. What do you What do you guys got? Just a run of the mill. Mitchell Robinson catches a huge alley oop. It's the number one play all around and on the cover of the New York Post. Big lob, Rob. Big lob, Rob. Big lob, Rob. <laughs> well, I thought you were going to go with, I was going to go with a here's to you, Mitchell Robinson. Oh, uh, like a nice big, one. Like, 2020 game from him in his second year. Like he just balls out one night and just keep it simple. Here's to you, Mitchell Robinson. But I like big lob, oh, Rob, too. I can play that on the piano. <laughs> Excellent. That's my goal. Um, for me, I, I like the idea that Lee's going with it. It's basically going to be about an opponent. In a way, because it's such a depressing season for the Knicks. You have so, no, you have no hope in the Knicks this uh, year. I know they won what yeah. seventeen games last year, and then they went and added a bunch of power forwards. <laughs> yeah. Unless Frank Nielakina is French, Frank Nielakina right. from the summer, like to, who do they have? <laughs> who do they have? Maybe yeah. uh, Julius yeah. Randall. Yeah. Julius Randall. Yeah. RJ Barrett and Julius Randall are their hopes for sure. Those guys have to be great. Nope, not going to happen. <laughs> um, for me, it's going to be about Chris Apps Porzingis, the former New York Nick. When they play the, the Dallas Mavericks, it's, the headline is just going to be zinged with a picture of Chris Apps Porzingis in his Mavs jersey pointing. Subheadline: Porzingis drops 40 on Knicks. Uh, wow. He's going he's to go at him. He is definitely going to go at them when yeah. they play. That's going to be a good game. Okay, that's good. That I, will be a big time revenge game. Yeah, that's gonna be exciting. Uh, oh yeah, especially with the Knicks oh, yeah, fans man. going crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. That is, uh, that's gonna be a fun game, right? Um, so yeah, I, I'm going here's to you, Mitchell Robinson, after a big 2020 game. But I had a couple other ones. I'll just throw in here. Um, I have Marcus Morris ejected again, but Marcus is Marcus, so he's gonna Ooh. get ejected for like just you know swearing at all the officials and going mm. crazy and just getting tossed again. So that is, that's a simple one. And then, and there's something, like, I'm high on Julius Randle actually having, you know, probably statistically a pretty solid season, being really the go-to guy for the Knicks. And, you know, they're hoping R.J. Barrett's going to blossom into that as well. But Julius Randle put up some numbers with the Pelicans. He could do that in the East. He could maybe be a dark horse guy when we were talking about, you know, first-time All-Stars. The Knicks would have to win some games, I think, to get some love, but uh, he's going to have some some numbers, I think. So maybe he gets a, he has a big game, maybe he hits a game winner, a little tip back or something, and I think there's, uh, Lee, you'll like this, maybe there's like an Elton John type of shout-out. Instead of Candle in the Wind, it'll be Randall in the ah. Wind. Yeah, Randall in the Wind. Um, which is now that I think about it, that's a very depressing song about the passing <laughs> of Princess Diana. Diana so... 
Yeah, maybe that's a little too dark. But Randall in the Wind just works in terms of the pun game. So. <laughs> yeah, he's got a great name for puns. Yeah. Definitely he's ending up on some covers. Yeah, too hot to Randall. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. You're exactly right. And, and he should be their, maybe one of their better players. He should, definitely should be one of their better players for sure. Uh, but I even uh, even even uh, old Skeetsy here can't talk talk himself into uh, back in the Knicks this time. I, I got <laughs> burned. I've been burned too many times where I sort of get excited about the Knicks and what they got going there just for them to do absolutely nothing and lay an egg. So the best, the best thing to do with the Knicks is just pretend they don't exist, and then that's maybe then when they'll shock us, and you'll be like, oh, the Knicks are they're not that bad. It's, it's, there's just always too much hype and hope with the, with the Knicks. With any, with any of their young players, they have one good game, and then everybody's like, oh, he's a star in the making. Like e- Even Mitchell Robinson, who I do like to some extent, I feel like we maybe went a little overboard uh, after a, a solid rookie season. Is that uh, fair to say? A hundred percent true. Yeah. If you have, after the Knicks are eliminated from the playoffs, if you have a good in March and April, New York fans think you are the next Patrick Ewing. Yeah, right. This has happened with Chris Copeland, Emmanuel mm. Moutier, Ron Baker, uh, Earl Barron had a good month at one point. Yes. Ray Burke had a good month yep. at one point. Yep. The, the, the Knicks hype machine is incredible. Uh, that being said, I do think Mitchell Robinson looks like a real NBA player yes. who can contribute at some point. Alonzo Trier. Even. Oh, yeah, exactly right. right. Yeah. It goes on and on and on. So there you go, Knicks fans. Come at us. Tweet at us. We don't care. Let's hear your puntastic New York Post headlines for this upcoming season. Get creative. Hey, if you're one of the Photoshop boys, do some work. Whip up yeah, that get busy. Yeah, whip up that cover. <laughs> Put your Photoshop skills to the test, and uh, let's see it with your headline. All right, that's it for part four. We got one more of these bad boys still to go. We'll drop that on Friday. A few more questions to wrap up as we get ready for the upcoming NBA season. We'll have a show on Monday, too. Don't you worry. Tuesday, the games start. And look, we're going daily. We're already basically daily with the season previews, but once that season starts, we're daily, baby. So get your questions in as well. As I said, we'll have a mailbag episode Email us, nodunks at theathletic.com. Follow us on all social media platforms at No Dunks Inc. And uh, yeah, if you uh, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, leave us that five star rating. Hey, who left the four star rating? Was that your mom, Trey? <laughs> I told you not to <laughs> let the information out. It was an accidental thumb press. It's all right. Will she listen this deep in the episode? You betcha she will. Yeah. All right. It's so, okay, Mom. We love you. It makes it look more realistic. Yeah, that's true. It was almost weird we only had five-star ratings. This, you're right. She's doing us a favor by doing that. But, yeah. But I'm going to email Tim Cook and have him removed. Okay, that. great. So. Okay, great. So subscribe to the show, guys, and uh, we'll talk to you on Friday. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, folks. And remember, I'm starting to remember, doing daily podcasting can make your ears very hot. Embrace the day, people.